0: So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll Up to Win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus. Enter by 4223. See rules at RollUpToWin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. hey we are back with our third episode in december i believe if i'm counting right it is december 10th right now um yes i am recording and uploading on the same day that is generally what i do i don't really edit <laughs> if you haven't been able to tell because like why would i i don't know I kind of feel like this is just me having a conversation and you're kind of listening, participating, you know. So I don't see why I would edit it. I do, like, stop sometimes and then start recording again after, like, if I need to search a certain piece of information. I don't know. I normally research for at least, like, three days before I actually make the episode, but then by the time to the episode, I'm like, you know, let's just do it. Let's get it published. So it is December 10th. Hope everyone is having a great Christmas season or whatever holiday you celebrate during this time. Um, I have an insane amount of Christmas decorations, but my cat, um, this is his first Christmas, and he decided to just ruin the tree so he's breaking branches off and there's ornaments flying all over at all times of the day anyways I wanted a new tree so now for next year I get a new tree and hopefully he will learn because I don't want to have to buy a new tree every year I got kind of off topic there but also if you have been following me on twitter at great unsolved um you've seen that Sunday, I spent the whole day trying to get my hamster out of the wall because apparently I didn't close the cage when I went to bed. And she jumped out, and when I woke up the next day, I couldn't find her literally anywhere. And then I heard scratching in our kitchen wall, and it was her. She wasn't stuck, she was perfectly fine. She just didn't want to come out. And after panicking for like eight hours, I saw a little dirty nose stick out, and she came crawling out, and she was perfectly fine. She, the only part of her that was dirty was her nose, like, I don't know. It was a day. Anyways, that was the day I was supposed to record this episode, and that didn't happen. Um, so, let me stop talking. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, follow me at Great Unsolved. I post daily, and I'm on there maybe a little too much. So, you can keep up with us on there. Other than that, today we are going to do two more Christmas time cases that are a little interesting. You'll see what I mean. The first case is the spontaneous human combustion of Matilda Rooney, and the second case is. The Pleasant Valley Memorial Park Jane Doe. Both of these interested me when I read about them, and they're just kind of odd. So we're going to jump into all things spontaneous combustion and some little weird parts of a Jane Doe case. So if you want to hear about that, then keep on listening. So for those of you who haven't heard the term spontaneous human combustion... It is an interesting theory. It hasn't been proven, but spontaneous combustion has been proven. So, spontaneous combustion is a little different because it refers to all things spontaneously combusting and not just living things. So, the definition is the spontaneous ignition is a type of combustion which occurs by self-heating, followed by thermal runaway, and finally, auto-ignition. So basically, something will self-heat and blow itself up, or set itself on fire, that kind of thing. Spontaneous human combustion is the concept of the combustion of a living or recently deceased human body without an apparent external source of ignition. So this is basically the theory that if you're sitting somewhere, you can randomly just erupt into fire and die. I don't know. It's kind of, it's an interesting thing to read through and look through. I know the guys at BuzzFeed Unsolved did one spontaneous combustion case. And if you search it on YouTube, you'll find it. Maybe they give a better description than me. I haven't watched it in a while, so I am unsure. So I just want to read a little ex- experts. Ex- oh my goodness. Today's been a day. I can't figure out my words. Excerpt. That's what I'm trying to say. So forensic investigations have attempted to analyze reported instances of spontaneous human combustion and have resulted in hypotheses regarding potential causes and mechanisms, including victim behavior and habits, alcohol consumption, and proximity to potential sources of ignition, as well as the behavior of fires that consume melted fats. Natural explanations, as well as unverified natural phenomenon, have been proposed to explain reports of SHC. Current scientific consensus, oh, I said that's so weird, consensus is that most and perhaps all cases of SHC involve overlooked external sources of ignition. So most people believe spontaneous human combustion is not a real thing because it just kind of sounds so far-fetched. Um, I don't know if I believe it's a real thing, but I think it's an interesting thing to look at. So this last excerpt was saying that people believe most of the cases involving what is theorized as spontaneous human combustion is actually involving a point of ignition that was overlooked. And on history.com, I found out, I found this other little excerpt. Because the human body is composed mostly of water and its only highly flammable properties are fat tissue and methane gas, the possibility of SHC being an actual phenomenon seems remote. Many scientists dismiss the theory, arguing that an undetected flame source, such as a match or cigarette, is the really real culprit in suspected cases. Typically, deceased victims are found close to a fire source and evidence suggests that many of them accidentally set themselves on fire while smoking or trying to light a flame. Now, this is kind of like, obviously it makes a lot of sense, but in the case we're going to discuss, it wasn't like a burned body was sitting there after the fact. There was little to no trace of the body being there, if that makes any sense. So, Let's jump right in on December 25th of 1885. Yes, this is an old case, probably the oldest we've ever done, and probably the oldest we will ever do. Anyways, the Roonies were found dead in their kitchen by their like housekeeper John Larson and their son John Rooney. So, this was in Seneca, Illinois, and they were seen alive at 8 p.m. the night before when they had Christmas drinks with the two men I mentioned earlier. So the morning after they had these drinks, Larson left his room and he could find it like kind of smell like a burnt type of thing. And he went into the bedroom of the Rooneys and he found Mr. Rooney lying on the floor next to his bed. So, the bedroom was next to the kitchen, and the door was ajar. And this will make sense in a minute. But in the kitchen, a partly burned candle stood on the table. And next to the table, there was a hole burned through the floor that was about two and a half feet by three feet. So you could see, like, under the house and the ground through this hole, like, it was straight through the floor. In that hole was a bunch of ashes, which contained a skull, a cervical bone, some dorsal vertebrae, and part of an illumi. Ilium, ilium. I don't know. The vertebrae and the illium were nearly reduced to a cinder. There was also six inches of the right femur and two human feet still in their shoes, but both, like, completely burned on the outside. Basically, Mrs. Rooney's entire 160-pound body was reduced to 12 pounds. That is an insane difference. From reports, it is said that the walls and furniture was coated with dirty, greasy, sooty substance, which, as gross as it may be to imagine this, we can think that If she spontaneously combusted, it was body tissue, body parts. Anyways, the investigation by the police found that Mrs. Rooney was a victim of SHC. And I think they kind of overlooked the candle here, but I also don't understand how a candle could have led to her entire body being reduced to ashes. That doesn't add up. So going back to Mr. Rooney dead on the floor, um, basically they thought that from the smoke inhalation he died because the door was ajar. Now the housekeeper, John Larson, was found alive, obviously, because he's the one who found the bodies of Mr. and Mrs. Rooney. They stated that he survived because he was on the second floor, which was not the same floor as the kitchen, and his door was shut. So there was no, well, there might have been some, but not a lot of smoke and soot getting into the room he was in. However, two weeks later, he did die due to the effects of inhaling smoke and grease in the air of the house that night. Which again, super gross to think about, but it was probably inhalation of smoke and soot from the body. This was gross. Ugh. I don't want to think about that. But you're inhaling a body, basically. It was noted that the Roonies drank a lot, specifically whiskey, And as I discussed when I was kind of outlining what spontaneous human combustion is, a lot of forensic examiners believe that excess smoking or excess drinking could have something to do with it. Because alcohol is so flammable, maybe that is something that helped pretty much disintegrate her whole body. So it could have started off as something smaller And just ballooned into this because she had so much alcohol in her system. I'm not really sure on this case. They, I guess it's not a completely unsolved one. Because it is, they, well, I don't know, it's kind of solved. They believe that she was a victim of SHC and that the other two were dying from smoke inhalation. But since, since SHC has not been scientifically proven, it is still kind of an unsolved case. And I just kind of wanted to go over it because it's something that has always interested me. I know the first time I read about spontaneous human combustion, I was so scared for like a month after that because I thought I was just going to burst into flames at some point. Really, there's not that many instances of it, if it is real. But it could be. Happen. There's stranger things out there. Okay, now we are on to the second part of the episode. We're going to move on to the Pleasant Valley Memorial Park Jane Doe. So, let me go through some basics of the Jane Doe and the case. Well, the basics of the Jane Doe, then we'll go into the case. So, date of discovery was December 18th, 1996. She was found in Annandale, Fairfax County, Virginia. It is estimated that she died only hours prior to being found, and it's estimated that it was suicide. She was around 50 to 70 years old. She was a white female who was about 5 foot and 157 pounds. Her hair was auburn or red, kind of like a coppery color, and curly. For some reason, eye color is unknown, which seems odd to me because if she had only died hours prior, then she should have been fully viewable. I don't know. A distinguishing mark she had was an 8-inch scar on her abdomen, probably from a C-section, and her fingernails were painted red. So in the Doe Network database, her dentals, fingerprints, and DNA, or dental and fingerprints are available, and DNA has been submitted, but the tests are not complete. So she was wearing a teal all-weather Eddie Bauer hooded jacket, navy blue Classics entier sweater, red Classics entier sweater, red Classics entier sleeveless silk shirt, navy blue Classique's interior knit wool pants, knee-high stockings, white sport bra, white Fruit of the Loom underpants, and black loafers. So it is estimated that her clothes came from a higher-class store, like Saks Fifth Avenue. She had two clip-on earrings, a small gold women's guest watch with a mesh band, a 14-karat gold ring with four jade stones, a metal bead chain with a medic alert, no code, DNR, no penicillin. She had with her bifocals with translucent frames, a green knapsack that held Jeff Foxworthy's You Might Be a Redneck cassette, a tape of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, two empty juice bottles, and a new roll of masking tape. Let me just say, the things she was carrying in the knapsack are... Kind of comical. She had Jeff Foxworthy's you might be a redneck, and Monty Python. So, if you've ever seen or heard either of those, that's pretty comical. Anyways, I wanted to give that thorough description in case anyone listening happens to know anything about her. Because with these cases, we are always trying to find... Someone who may be able to give some sort of identity to the Jane Doe's or John Doe's. Anyways, let's get into the actual case. So a groundskeeper at the Memorial Park Cemetery found this woman's body near, like, a section where infants are buried. You know how they have, like, I don't know, in my town they have, like, the Catholic section, then they have, like, section for babies, and I don't know what other sections they have, but this was a section for infants. She wasn't really near a specific grave. She was kind of just there, and by her there was a clear plastic sheet on the ground with an eight-inch Christmas tree adorned with gold balls and red ribbons. She had a tape player and headphones with her, The headphones were in her ears, which would explain why she had the other tapes in her bag. So another comedian, Mel Brooks and Carla Reiner, was what was playing on the cassette player. So she was a huge fan of comedy. However, it seems she committed suicide by drinking as she had a .14 BAC, which is almost double the legal limit here in the U.S., and she also swallowed Valium, and then she placed a plastic bag over her head and tied it off with tape, which explains the new roll of tape in the bag. She also left two dollars bills, one for the coroner and one for the cemetery, both with the same note. Deceased, by own hand, prefer no autopsy. Please order cremation with funds provided. Thank you. Jane Doe. Um, And really nothing else was on her that they could track. But most of the headstones near where she was were pretty recent, so maybe she was the mother of one of these kids or infants that was dead? I don't know. It kind of seemed on to be that first she brought all this stuff with her. If you were going to kill yourself, why did you bring... Like three tapes with you? Is it just in case you decided to wait it out for a little bit, or was there another reason? Also, if she was drinking that much alcohol and took Valium, why did she also tape a plastic bag over her head? Um, I've heard suffocation and drowning, or any like type of suffocation, is a terrible way to die, and. That seems like the worst way to commit suicide i'm sorry I'm not trying to criticize her method of suicide here i don't know, but that just seems awful. If you already took the alcohol and the pills, just I would wait it out a little bit. I don't know that seemed kind of odd to me as soon as I noticed it the two fifty dollar bills kinda tells us she was. Like she was a little well off that paired with the clothes it seems like she is someone who not to say people that are less well off wouldn't be missed as much but there's normally not as high of a profile following them so someone who is more well off it seems less likely they would be a jane doe or john doe and that little typed note she left just seems odd Deceased by own hand. Prefer no autopsy. Please order cremation with funds provided. Thank you, Jane Doe. So first of all, she knew she was going to be a Jane Doe because she signed it Jane Doe. So was she that far away from where she lived to where she knew no one would recognize her or claim her remains or... Did she put, like, certain precautions in place to make sure she was a Jane Doe? Did she change her hair, her eye color? Did she, like, any of that? Um, I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. I know you guys can't really answer me, but if you have any ideas, let me know, please. And also, that seems like a very easy way for a murderer to get away with a murder. Stage it like a suicide and then type out a note saying they killed themselves. That's just, I don't know why people haven't done that before, you know? Like, people have staged suicides, but they're normally terribly staged. Like, if this worked, then why wouldn't people go after this? It's just kind of odd to me. Anyways, if you search Pleasant Valley Memorial Park Jane Doe, it is there's tons of articles on this. It happened on December 18th, 1996. And there's articles ranging from when it happened to now. And it's just interesting. So if you want to go search for that and look at her picture and spread the word, try and get this woman's identity, that would be great because that is always our goal. And I I hope they're at least at peace, even if they are never identified. It seems she didn't expect or want to be identified. So that makes me feel a little better about her not being identified yet, if that makes sense. Okay, that brings us to the end of our third Christmas case. So I hope they interested you a little bit. And Go search up Spontaneous Human Combustion, learn a little bit more about that. Go look at Jane Doe's picture because that is always a good thing to do. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Great Unsolved. So we will be back Thursday with a new case or maybe two depending on what I decide. So just have a great night and let me know what you think of the cases. (laughs) Wireless headphones. That'll be two hundred dollars. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit! You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited one point five percent cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited one point five percent cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See Capital One.com for details.